Beautiful. All right, so um, my name's Billy. Um, it's Alejandro, first podcast. Go on. Here we are. Welcome to the Bull in the Chimp podcast with aka the Welsh Bruce Lee and Alejandro Strength. And yeah, let's jump right in. And yeah. Let's talk about what's going on with your life right now, Bill. What's going right. on? So Catch I've up. just come back from traveling Asia for three months. Um, I was doing Muay Thai in Thailand, had a few fights, and in my last fight, I pulled my hamstring, so currently I'm just at home, um, going to physio for my hamstring, fourth time I've pulled it, so I'm trying to nip this in the bud, proper sort it out, and then currently I'm job searching for jobs while working, um, doing spy work. Nice one. Let's load down on you, Al, how's it going? Mate, I've been good, training super hard whilst maintaining my nine to five in sales in the city. Training seven days a week, and yeah, fucking kickboxing pretty much every other day. Catching it in my stride, catching it in my stride, man. So, um, yeah, let's move on to a little bit of context about us and a little brief summary about, you know, what we've done, who we are, and, and then we'll just go jump into the thick of it. Yeah. Um, should, we, should we explain how we met each other? I think that's a I think that's a good that's a good story to start it off. <laughs> All right, so I met Alejandro in first year of university. We were on a very small campus, and there's a way to say me and Ali are certain type of people, and there wasn't many of these types of people um, around. I think I met you on a night out on a bus on the way back. I think we were maybe slightly intoxicated. But I think we hit off a bit of convo. And then I think by the next day, we were basically just chilling together every day. We lived together in university for two years in a house. Um, yeah, we've, we've had some crazy times. We've only known each other for about three or four years. But yeah. <laughs> it's been a wild it's been a wild time. And, you know, we have a really good connection, which is another reason why doing a podcast or something is such a good idea. Because, you know, we have good energy off each other, yeah. you know. Absolutely. I'd like to add to that story with a little bit more detail. Uh, so, yeah, we met uh, at first year. We were doing some tour around local Cheltenham area. And we were with our houses, so our flats, and we were just going around. We went to this location called Two Pigs in Cheltenham. And if anybody in Cheltenham is listening, it is a very, very dingy <laughs> pub where, you know, some unspeakable activities happen. But, you know, we're there, we're chilling. And you were with a couple, couple of your flatmates. You kind of buddied up with a couple of mates already. So we met on the dance floor, right? We were just chilling and we listened to some music. And I think you know what's going to come next, Bill, right? <laughs> and we're just there dancing. We start jumping because the music's getting us gas. And I see Bill. Next thing you know, he fucking headbutts the pillar <laughs> on the ceiling. I was like, I need to hang around a bit. I need to hang around you a bit more. <laughs> Good entertainment at the very least. <laughs> I thought that's a nice, that's a guy I need to be around. Like, he looks like a bit of fun, you know. Let's see what he's about. Yeah. And then from there, like you said, we just ended up chilling. Uh, both found out, you know, at the time we were smoking a little bit of that. And yeah, it was um it was a good good three or four years. We went through a lot, lot through a lot of good times and a lot of uh, deep dark times. Yeah, we got Yeah. A, re- a real mix of both, to be honest. Oh, a real mix, you know. But real. it's funny, that night where I met you, um, I did headbutt the pillar. And what Ali didn't say is my um, my nose actually split as well. <laughs> and um, I think it was one of the first fresher days. And I was just walking around, just caked in blood. But somehow they just allowed me to go everywhere. And the worst part about that is also, I'm not sure if you can see it, but there is a little scar there. Oh, and I've got a matching one right next to it for literally doing... A similar thing with a punching bag, just head button there. So yeah, yeah, well, that's that's an interesting story. How we met each other, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, talk to me about you, Bill. Give us a little bit of context. Don't give us too much. We'll leave that for further episodes. Yeah, but brief context: who you are, what brought you to this point, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I've grown up, born in Cardiff. Um, started doing taekwondo at age five or six, where my brother started um, a little bit before me. I played football growing up. That was my main sport until I probably reached about 13, 14. And then rugby became my main sport. And then 
by, I think, at 12, I started doing a bit of Muay Thai on the side, but I wasn't competing. By 15, I'd be starting to go to MMA gyms, just have a train and stuff. So in the, about a year ago, with my second hamstring pull, I think, um, I stopped playing, stopped playing rugby and started to focus on martial arts. So ever since then, I've just been competing as much as I can, as much as my body allows. And, um, you know, trying to train as hard as we can. Both since uni, we've been just trying to, you know, work, build all the different levels of life. You know, you got your physical, you got the achievements, you want mental health, you want to have a bit of money behind you, you want good experiences. And, um, and yeah, so mostly a kind of sporting background is where I've kind of um, found myself in life. But mm-hmm. I've also got a very diverse um, range of friends, range of experiences. Mm. Very comfortable in lots of different situations just because I've actually done a good bit of living for a 22-year-old. Mm. How about you, Al? Yeah, so um, very active as a kid. I was born born in London, Guy's Hospital. Um, uh, yeah, pretty much went to, lived around Oxford area, then moved back to London. And I played everything. My mum chucked me in every single sport from basketball, football, swimming, everything. It's just so, because I had a lot of energy as a kid, apparently. So there's the only way to expend the energy was to do loads of sports, right? And then I was mainly playing football. I was a keeper, you know, the chubby kid in goal. That was me. And then I went to a school called Wimbledon College, right, where one of the main sports was rugby. And obviously I had builds. I was just naturally big. And at the yeah, time, Ali's yeah, a big guy, by the way, if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, I was going to rugby, and they were just like, "Yeah, go have a go." They chucked me straight into the A team. They just gave me the ball, uh, and I just ran and kept scoring tries. And luckily, at the time, uh, one of the coaches, one of the head coaches at the school, was uh, an academy coach for Harlequins, right? Harlequins RFC. And from there, he gave me a try at twelve years old. And I was there ever since, all the way up until 18. And that's probably a big part of who I was as a person. It was my identity. I mean, a kid that's training seven days a week on top of GCSEs, on top of extracurricular activities, on top of school rugby, I think is a very, very, I'd say, brutal way of, you know, building (laughs) an athlete. Then from that, I left that to go to university, obviously, with Bill, as we covered. And I was at a point where I didn't love the sport. I left rugby. I was like, you know what? I'm tired of it. I completely left. Was going to go pro, but my heart wasn't in it. So I got to uni. I was on the scholarship program for the first year. I got paid to play each semester. And I tried to give it one more go. Didn't hit. I got injured about three or four times in like three or four different areas. Then I thought, you know what? That's me. I'm, I'm done with rugby. And honestly, from there, I felt a bit lost. And from there, I found the music. I found, you know, the DJ and producer. And I did that for three or four years. Got to play in a couple of clubs like Egg London. Played in Manchester, Cheltenham. And yeah, and also at the time, because of Bill's into the martial arts, he's introduced me to loads of different taekwondo elements, boxing, MMA stuff. And yeah, currently doing some martial arts due to Bill introducing me to the sport. So yeah, that's pretty much the context of what I am, who I've done. And yes, that's it really. So yeah, should we, um, should we move on about the context? Fantastic. Yeah. So um, the first thing is, it's a topic where, you know, a lot of people love to have their say, right? It's, what's the best martial art for a street fight? What would you say, Bill? Okay, so I think there's different types of street fights and I think these are very important because you hear mm. a lot of slander on certain types of fighting and yes. a, lot of, um, a lot of confidence and um, legitimacy given to others where it really depends the context of what type of fight you're in. Mm. So I have been around a bit of fighting in my life. In Wales, when we play rugby, we have lots of fights. It, it was just a normal thing. I've grown up around boys who were meeting up people, having fights and been around quite a lot of street fighting situations and I've done a load of martial arts so I think I personally think this is an area where I kind of understand my stuff so I think if you're out in town in groups of people you're groups of lads and something's kicking off for me I think boxing is the best thing because especially if you're in somewhere like a club you haven't got much space realistically you're just going to be throwing punches so the ability to see some punches coming to throw some good shots and most importantly to actually know how to be comfortable being punched in the face. Mm. I think that's probably going to allow you, um, 
your best safety. Number one way of being safe in a fight is running away, especially if anyone's ever got a weapon, knife, anything like that. If you want to practice being, you know, tough and surviving knife attacks, and just go running a few times a week and make sure you're quite quick. Mm. Um, I think with a bit more space, you know, say a little one-on-one or a fight where it's kind of broken out a little bit, I think a bit of Muay Thai, K1, is very useful. Obviously, MMA's got it all going. I say Jiu-Jitsu is for certain environments, like restraining someone who's kicking off. Mm. It. This is something that, it does kind of frustrate me when lots of people talk because I'm a Taekwondo fighter. So lots of people say, oh, it's not very useful. And I get this a lot from the jiu-jitsu community. And I just think, how many fights have you seen where people are rolling around on the floor and then they get up fine? I was like, I, the amount of people I've seen booted, their heads booted in on the floor. And the the only bad decision they make was try to try to take someone down, to try wrestle tackle them. Then they're on the floor and they make the other, the other person they're fighting is friends jumping up and down on their heads. So I think... In it, like if you're on a desert island and you've got another guy, you know, and you're fighting over fire or who's a fish that one of you, um, you know, caught, jujitsu is probably pretty good, yeah. But yeah, it definitely depends on the environment. Um, wrestling also, I'd say, is very useful because at the end of the day, if someone can't take you down and you can stay on the feet, you're more likely to be a bit more safe, yes, yes. I think the best way of what Jorge Masvidal said best thing to do is to throw a punch and run away, man. Even, I don't know, not just run away, throw a strike and fuck off, man. Do you know what I'm saying? So it comes with their boxing element and the running element as well. So absolutely. And I think when the more time when people get rowdy is when alcohol gets involved. And to be honest with you, Especially if you are just well-trained, more time, most people are not, right? And you have a drunk guy coming at you they're going to be very shit strikes, right? And if you're well-trained, if you actually go to your local boxing gym, you go to your kickboxing gym, and you're used to getting hit in the face, more time, you know how to expect it. You might know, you may know how to roll the punches, but really, you just let them get tired, hold up, hold up, maybe even suck a punch them and fuck off, you know, just run away. Because really, <laughs> at the end of the day, you don't really want to engage because it's not controlled. You're in an environment where there's many mm. people, you never know, they could have 20 friends behind you. Even if you have a 20 friend behind you as well, it's 20 on 20, it's a full-on scrap. Next to you, there's a knife, there's a gun, there's a scrap. Like It's not worth it of the 14 other possibilities than having the big bollocks to punch someone in the face and say it next weekend down the next pub, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So just stay safe and actually just run away from it because really you don't want to be getting in a situation where lawyers are involved, police are involved, bouncers are involved. So really, best thing is to stay away from it unless you have to, unless yeah, you definitely. really have to. That's why... We encourage just get to get to any combat gym, anything that you like to do. But mainly, yeah. you have to be good with your hands. You just have to be, man, mm. as a man. Yeah. Yeah, for real. You got to be able to throw punches. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, very, very good point. At the end of the day, street fights are very unpredictable. You know, obviously, there's lots of bad things that can happen. You can get really hurt. But we live in, we're both British. So we live in what's one of the highest CCTV surveilled countries in the world. Lots of people get in fights and lots of people do get in trouble. Also, you don't want to be getting kicked out of places. Realistically, most of the time you get in fights, it's going to look embarrassing, to be honest. You you have this vision of like a hero in shining armor, but it's very rarely the case that you get into a fight and you look, um, you know, you look like a hero or a gentleman or some, something that you would want to be. Most of the time you just look like someone who's just lost control and lost their head. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you want, if you want to fight, like, I've always wanted to fight people, but I've just never wanted to be in these dangerous environments where, you know, you could get really hurt, you could get your head stamped, you know, just this, it's so unpredictable. If you want to fight, go do fair and armed combat. That is a sport. <laughs> you can do it as a hobby. You don't even have to fight anyone in the street. You can do it as a hobby. And also, if you get good enough, people can pay you to do it, and you get pride and glory from it. Rather than having a fight in town and kicking off and screaming and ripping your clothes up and just looking looking like a mess, then you can hop in a ring, you know, walk out to your, one of your favourite songs, have a fight with someone, shake their hand, get respect, get a bit of money and go home, you know. Yeah, exactly. Such a better way to do it. I remember hearing John Wayne Pass, Joe Rogan ask John Wayne Pass, he said, um, do you ever get in any fights? He said, I don't don't see the point. Because I don't see the point in fighting for, for no money or no belts. And... Mate. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. It's a great way to look at it. And so, if you look at the personalities that actually compete in martial arts, people that actually see it, people that actually know how to 
use their body in a way to actually cause damage to people, they're the most humble, they're the most relaxed people. You never see them instigating a fight. Okay, there's an exception to the rule everywhere. But more time, once you know the yeah. true essence of martial arts, you understand that with great power comes with great responsibility. And you're not just going to go around scrapping every Tom, Dick and Harry in the weekend because you get it out of you when you train during the week. You don't yeah. need that, all that energy is expended, all that pent-up anger is there, doing it in a fair way, in a controlled environment where you're actually trying to become better, uplift people, but also just trying to work on your technique, other things, conditioning. So... It's just not. It's not the way forward. But really, to defend yourself, you're gonna have to because not everybody's gonna be so understanding. There's gonna be some broken people out there that just there want are. to feel some pain, that want to get in trouble, and just are looking for a fight. I'm sure you've had plenty. You know, certain people that go out once they have a couple, couple drinks, they out go out there looking for a fight. And to be honest with you, you don't really want to be hanging around them people because then you get tagged, roped into them troubles like. And more troubles, more problems. Why would you just jump into that? Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? So It's not a good idea. Don't get banned from all your local clubs and be made like an idiot in town. Come back with your clothes ripped up. It's, it's not worth it. But that was a great point that you said about training also. Yeah. I find the points in my life where I'm the most peaceful are the times where I've actually been doing the most hard, violent fighting. Yes. You know, the, the, the more you fight in the gym, the harder it is. You won't got any energy or anger left. I remember being in training camps and seeing someone like stare at me and, you know, Britain's quite a slightly confrontational, especially Wales, kind of slightly confrontational place. But I remember seeing, staring at someone and seeing them staring at me. I just thought, I'm knackered. I was like, why, why, would, I, why would I instigate anything in this situation? It's like my legs are tired. So like I've got enough energy to train later, do my extras or whatever. Goes and that's it. It's like when you're absolutely exhausted and you're fighting all the time and you have goals. When these types of situations arise, you know it's good for your ego. It's really good for your ego fighting and getting punched in the face. For some reason, it does give you a bit of peace. Yeah. I'm sure most people would think it's the opposite, but exactly as well. It's the perception of it is, is completely different. So let's probably rank it. Let's try ranking it. Uh, top five. Yeah. Let's go yeah, uh, top five. Five last. Should we put like top five that are like from last to first? Obviously, we'll miss out certain disciplines and stuff, but we'll just. Yeah, definitely. Let's just do like a top five kind of. Top five, yeah. Let's do top five. To be five. fair, at five, I reckon I would check maybe Brazilian Jiu Jitsu first. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Brazil is good. If you keep it, keep it on the feet, restrain them, quick Kimura, quick uh, yeah. guillotine. Like yeah. Nate Diaz uh, choking out this random guy that, like Joe, uh, Logan Paul the other day. He's literally <laughs> grabbed him in the air, choked him out and left him on the floor. He kept it on his feet. You know, no one got hurt. No one got stamped on. Something yeah. like that. That's, that's good. That's like good restraint. You know, some people will probably have to do restraints for some type of work. People working with disability or in certain hospitals and stuff. And that stuff will be quite similar to lots of things you learn in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And, and it is for good for keeping safe, you know, knowing how to how to frame, keep someone from, you know, getting in on you. Um, and just understanding body position. It is good, but um, we're not going to put it as our top ones. So what would you say four? Four. All right. I reckon the four, the four left probably to go within these spaces, mm. I reckon they're going to be boxing, wrestling, maybe... Muay Thai to K1. K1, yeah. yeah. Well, judo has to be a consider consideration, maybe. Yeah, but... yeah, actually, let's take out K1 because it's quite similar. Yeah, K uh, it's pretty much similar to Muay Thai, right? Yeah. But... So we'll do um, judo as well. So judo, I think, lots of people are always like, ah, oh, geese, you know, training in a gi is such a bad idea, you know, there's no, no geese. In Britain, most of the time people are wearing coats. If you can throw someone in a gi, you can lob someone in their Moncler, you know, coat miles and rip it up. So, yeah, that's a that's kind of a win-win, isn't it? Absolutely <laughs> win-win, man. It's benefits of living in a, a cold country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, for if you live in a hot place, maybe judo would go to I don't know six or something. Yeah. If you're living in Britain, I reckon between four or three. What do you reckon? Up four or three. It's got to be. The thing is that like, you've got to have boxing's up there. Okay, well, we'll put kickboxing as a whole. We'll include Muay Thai, even though the clinching and stuff. Let's not yeah. get too technical. Um, four, no, it would have to be. It would have to be probably. It'd have to be the judo as well, because obviously we live in a cold country. Jiu Jitsu, then judo, because you could just chuck people. And the ability to throw someone, 
and not be put on the floor as well. Yeah. That, that is what we're talking about, essentially. Yeah. Like, not trying to get on the ground, get stamped on if it's, like, three-on-one, four-on-one, or even, like, three-on-twos and extensively mm. like that. Judo would be very beneficial, but there's not a lot of judo gyms out there. I personally, compared yeah. to boxing, K1 is very niche, niche, like probably the nichest martial arts in the UK in well, terms of actually competing and stuff. So I put I put judo at four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So number three. Okay. It's it's interesting because in my mind, and I am biased because I'm a striker. Yeah. So I'm I'm not a jiu-jitsu guy. I've done. Yeah bits of MMA, I've been to wrestling classes, I've been to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu classes, Yeah. but like the things I actually compete in are kickboxing, Muay Thai and Taekwondo, so obviously I'm slightly biased, yeah. but I personally would put then wrestling on number three, just yeah. for the same reason that if you can stop yourself being on the floor, it is just, you stand a lot better chances at safety. The same with the judo, if you can lob someone into the floor and then you're still on your feet, Yeah. That means you can run, you know, you can react, you can call for people, you can do whatever you want. But I think that ability to not be taken down that you would get from wrestling or in wrestling, obviously, I'm sure you could just pick someone up, slam them on the head. Yeah. yeah, Great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the sprawl techniques, literally being yeah. so powerful. And I feel like we've got to take, take into consideration how hard and grueling it is. You'll be mentally tough from the wrestling yeah. training because everyone knows in martial arts that wrestling is by far the hardest discipline. No matter anybody, whatever says, everyone understands wrestling is the daddy of fucking exerting yourself for long periods of time. Yeah. (laughs) It's tough, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know, it's the type of thing where you just get used to, you scrape up knees, scrape up feet, scrape up elbows, uncomfortable positions, constant bracing. You know, even the even the normal starting position, if you're not used to wrestling, even that kind of stance where you've got your back bent over, your back's killing you, yeah. you know, and that's when I'm doing any real hard wrestling. But yeah, that's a good point that I think the way that certain martial arts train also affects probably how useful they are for, stri- for things like street fights, because your traditional martial arts, like, um, like what I do, Taekwondo, if you go into the kids' class, we're not really teaching the, the hardest toughest mentality but if you go into a wrestling you're just gonna you're gonna cultivate a really tough mentality just because from how hard the training is yeah exactly exactly wrestling so what would you put at number three three cool. all right and then so wrestling so we've got so far jiu-jitsu at five jiu-jitsu. we've got judo at four. Oh, judo yeah two yeah and then we've got at three we've got uh wrestling, wrestling. yeah so we've got Top two now. This is now. This is interesting. This is. So this is going to be between basically any style of kickboxing, but we'll probably say K-1. more or less. We may as well say Muay Thai or K one because it just means you've got a few more weapons. I think elbows are beautiful things. Close yeah, distance. Beautiful. Close distance. You know, fucking. You know. You're not going to break your hands. Your hands are very one of the biggest injuries people get from fights is they always come away with broken hands. Yes. I see a lot of people can't punch properly when you've got no protection. The metacarpals in your hand is tiny little muscles. You know, if it hits a skull, this thing is is so solid. These little bones are not. You know, so I think an elbow is a good thing. I'd say, yeah. yeah, maybe just for the diversity of strikes. I think being able to knee someone, if you could knee someone in the head or something, or kick a leg or yeah. two, I think you would probably have the advantage over boxing. But I think just the ability to punch. And be punched is is vital if you want to get yourself safe. It is, it is, it really is. And to be honest, I'd probably go the other way. I'd probably go boxing to a Muay Thai free, to be fair, because when you go into a fight close quarters, like you say, you have the elbows from Muay Thai, but anywhere in a street fight, when you go out there, no one's expecting a leg kick, bro. So when no. everyone's <laughs> everyone's throwing these uh punches, bro, you throw a leg kick, sweep, leg kick, broken leg. Beautiful. 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 Yeah. So I think Muay Thai for me is number one to know in the street yeah. fight because you got close encounters, you got eight weapons, and no one expects a kick from anybody in the street fight. No. They're coming at you now, boom, on the floor. It is it is honestly surprising. I remember in our first year of university, mm-hmm. now don't fight. Everyone, don't fight. Don't do this, kids. Right? <laughs> time, there was a good reason. It's a story. I had one, one of my mates up uh, from Cardiff. We were going home and someone used... The worst racial slur, you know what it is, and that was enough. But when we started, the first thing I did is I started chopping his leg, and the kid was just so unbalanced and unused to it. He just kept on falling over. So then when he fall, you do a little punch, kick him on the floor or something. But 
it's just people don't expect it. it. Even got to the point where the kids' mates are shouting, no kicking. It's like, <laughs> there's no rules, mate. All right? <laughs> <laughs> just a straight fight, fight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. You can't decide, oh, it's, you know, jiu-jitsu now. When you're doing jiu-jitsu, no punches. Yeah. Let's all hang around in the circle and determine the rules of this fight. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're free. Oh, God. But yeah. So I think that that's a, I think that's a good ranked ranked system. So we got number one, Muay Thai. Yeah. Number two, boxing. Number three, wrestling. Yeah. Number four, judo. Number five, jiu-jitsu. I think that's fair. I think logically in our, our experiences, I think that's, that's bad. Yeah. And then also, obviously, MMA. That's just, that's just everything, though. Like, we yeah. just, disciplines yeah. in general, mixed martial arts, that's why it's called mixed, because it's all of them together, yeah. right? So, But obviously, you know, if you can do all those things, you're, you're making yourself even more safe in a bad situation, realistically. Exactly. You've got to be hard to kill. Exactly. Okay. What's, uh, what's next stop? Man, so, um, one thing I want to talk about is a the amount of people that don't live an active lifestyle. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, it is crazy. Like I don't understand. It's it's nuts, right? When you look at it, it's like ten percent of people. Like I'm I'm pulling it from from studies and stuff. I'm paraphrasing, but around ten percent of people live an active lifestyle. So you look at the other ninety percent of people that live sedentary lives that wake up, consume, go to work, sit down, go home, consume. And the only movement they get is to and from work, and they only sit down. There's the and to understand that's the majority of people blows my mind, and it just leads to loads of health defects. Right, your heart rate, the likely cause of certain diseases that what you're consuming. Like if you're just sedentary, you use it, you lose it, right, and you just end up gaining weight. You get gain weight on all places, and especially your heart your liver, your kidneys, you're just more likely to have problems, right? And I look at it, obviously, being biased from being elite at the top level, being an online PT. I'm like, what yeah. are you doing, <laughs> right? Like, you just do you want to die 20 years earlier than everyone? But clearly, people... And look are, ugly while doing it. And, and being ugly while doing that. Like, come on, like, do you not want to see what your body looks like when you take care of it? Imagine every single person looks at themselves <laughs> in the mirror. I was like, you know what? For the next five years, I'm going to dedicate to taking care of myself in every single way, and I will see what I look like. After those five years, they're going to be like, oh, wow, I don't have to be a fat fucking sitting on the couch. Wow. And look at all the lessons along the way that I've learned. And it just yeah. blows my mind, bro. But then again, this is biased because... As you know, athletes hang around athletes, you know, birds over feather, man. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's the habits as well. Like, the habits of consuming high-calorie food, like sweets, Mackies, and bringing to the fact, like, the marketing as well. It's just the consuming of so many things, yeah. so many things that aren't good for you. And it, it genuinely just blows my mind. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because at the end of the day, your body is the vehicle of which we live life. And if you don't care about your your yeah. own vehicle, your own self, how can you care about anything else? Like That's honestly, true. you got you got like <clears throat> things like that. It's going to lower your self worth. It's going to make you feel bad about yourself. Um, like one of the biggest reasons why why I've always exercised is for my mental health. Is that it's so important. It's like a few weeks without training. Yeah, the difference between how stable or how happy. My mind is compared to when I'm training every day. It's like, I know for a fact my mind works the best when I train every day. I know for a fact, and I feel the best. Absolutely, mate. I've, I've done both. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we've done both. And I can tell you personally as well, when I don't train and I don't exert myself in the day, I'm moody. I'm horrible to be around. I'm snappy. I, I'm just yeah. turning into a horrible human being. I'm just like, this is just something this... It's an essential part, and it's become a habitual thing in my life that if I don't train, my day's off. It's my non-negotiable. Would you say that? I'd say yes, and kind of no. I think I've been like that for a long, long time, but as I've got older, I've definitely learned to kind of accept myself, um, taking a little day off here and there. Like, currently, I've been injured for... 
about a month and a half, you know, fourth hamstring pull. So at this point, for me, like, I don't, I, it's not too important for me to train. I've got lots of other things going on and it's something that I'll be coming back to because lots of my training is sport-based at the moment. Mm. But I think when you're healthy, and you, I mean, when you're fit, I think five, I think five days a week is like, that's strong, you know? Yeah. You, you work exercise for five days a week and that's going to make a big difference. I think you can have a day day off here, yeah. here and there. You need to recover. But, Essentially, yeah. you need to recover because if you're training so hard and not leaving any space to recover, you're not going to improve because really... All it is exerting yourself, whether it's the gym, running, you're essentially breaking down your muscles. And when yeah. you break down your muscles, you need your other certain things, which is a part of fitness, your sleep, your nutrition. And you also need to act to rest because if you don't rest, you're just going to over push yourself and then which leads to injury and then which, which leads to like a week off completely. So instead of having two, two days off or maybe one day completely off doing nothing but sedentary stuff, one day of active recovery, that's when you let your body come back and grow stronger. So, yes, you need rest days, don't get me wrong, but to have a routine of, like you say, five days a week, even if you don't go gym at all, three days a week. You don't need, yeah. Three days. Like, it's what go, works for three, go for three runs. Three runs. Easy. You know, a few 10-minute runs. It's gonna, And it does make a difference. Like, I say it's doing something movement active is, is something that I do every day. It's like, yeah, I'm not ever going to have a day where I don't go for a walk, you know, um, where I don't play a bit of sport or go to the gym or just do a slightly bit of some type of movement, exactly. you know. This is the thing. This is where I think, like, people get like misunderstand, right? Be, living an active lifestyle is not going to the gym, doing CrossFit, going gym, going, running away like a crazy headless chicken. No, it's just living an active lifestyle that works for you. If what works for you is going on, like, an hour run, like, every other day or going on 10-minute runs, doing playing for your local footy team or going to like a, like a kickboxing gym. It's whatever works for you. But as long as the goal is to not remain sedentary, look at yourself and be like, what can I accomplish and what will fulfil me to not sit on my ass all day consuming donuts and watching yeah. and consuming Netflix all day, every day. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like... Um... You know, exercise, you need, it just, it's got to be done. It's got to be done. You've got to do a bit of exercise. You can't let your body just rot away. It is, use it or lose it, isn't it? It is, man. It's just, it's you. This is you. I think you can determine, I think, the character of a person by how they take care of themselves. You yeah, really that's... can, because you've been given one body. You can't just change bodies. If you've been given this, this God-given beauty of a vehicle to live through life, and you don't take care of it because essentially it's not just your physical, it's your mental. If you literally give yourself the best opportunity, the best nutrition, the best sleep, the best food, it's also your mind which becomes yeah, very definitely. healthy. Not just the physical, it's your mind, your internal organs, your spirit. It just becomes healthy. Someone that ex like literally exuberates like healthy yeah. living, healthy well-being. And at the end of the day, I think people that live an active lifestyle, I think there's something to learn from everyone something to catch and be like even though you live a certain different way as long as it's active you can learn from each other oh what's this what's that and at the end of the day you can actually learn from other people and actually try new things because there's yeah. no cookie cut away of getting fit as it no, works no. for you what you find fun because yeah. yeah, it's not that, all about hardcore right. hardcore it's what you find fun because that's when it becomes a long-term thing you do it for the rest mm -hmm. of your life it's not hardcore grueling you have to enjoy it to some sort of element so it doesn't become, oh, yeah, I'm only going to do this for a couple of years and stop. It's, it's a lifetime. It's a lifestyle change. It's a lifestyle journey. And I'm sure you can understand that through like, the martial arts journey. It's, it's meant to stay with you and stick yeah. and keep practicing. Yeah. It's something like, like yeah, like physical fitness is not something you're never going to get there. Yeah. yeah. There's, no, there's no line. But, but on the way, you can find things that genuinely make your life better because they're some of the things you enjoy the most. Like for me, when I have sparring or playing touch and pass, playing rugby, like these realistically are some of the highlights of my week. They're some of the best things to do. Like gaming a new hobby is a beautiful thing. I pick up hobbies all the time. I try to play pool a few times a week. You know, um, you know, I play, I'll play table tennis with friends. I'll play squash. You know, we, we do all sports because it's fun, especially when you have friends. And if you don't just want to go out for food every time and spend loads of money, Sometimes just going out and playing a bit of sport is one of the best, funnest things you can do. 
And it's like, what else do you have to do? Like when you play sport, you'll you'll gain, you know, strength in your mind. You might even get achievements. You meet new friends. Um, you know, you test yourself. You learn about who you are mentally because, you know, you have hard times in sport and you actually get to learn about yourself and take pride in yourself. It's like, what are you watching that is is equaling, you know? You know, and it's it's not like you have to go be David Goggins and run super marathons. Find things where you move and you feel good. That's it. That's it. That's why I feel like there's the miscommunication. They think, oh, if I'm not David Goggins, nah, I'm not going to do anything. No, that's the complete opposite. <laughs> Even <laughs> he said, prove every single day. And if you're starting from minus five, the next day is going to be minus four. Don't expect to go zero to 100. Oh, yeah. it's little baby steps which compound. It's literally the same thing as compound interest. The more you invest, the more time you put in, slowly and slowly is going to compound into a bigger and better self-improved being. That's the whole message, right? It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was something that you probably also picked up a little bit more through the martial arts, I think, compared to the rugby. I think you did rugby before because it was you know, an avenue to be a professional and make money out of playing a sport, which is a very attractive thing. Yeah. It feels like these days, like you're even more so, You, I think you probably, I don't know how much you were training before, but it seems like you train a lot now. And I think probably the fact that you seem like you're really enjoying what you're doing makes a difference. Yeah. I think to be fair, I'm probably matching what yeah. I was doing, which kind of is because I felt like I was regressing. That's, that's impressive because someone was making you do the other stuff. You're doing that amount because you want to. Exactly. And they've always said what Chris Williamson says, the person that is working hard compared to the person that's working hard and having fun, the person that's having fun is just always going to outwork the other person that's not doing as much fun, right? Seriously. Definitely. Yeah. I right. think the same about fighting because I was at a point before where I was fighting... Um, like my first fight was just actually stepping to get over the fear of doing it. It's like something that I was grew up in the Muay Thai gym and it's like I had to go and do it. Um, after one or two, it was about like kind of proving stuff and trying to become, uh, you know, I wanted to get wins. I wanted to do good things in there. The difference now in my last two fights is the fact that I'm, I'm going to do it because I think this is the funnest thing to do in the world. That's it. So <laughs> that's why I'll take over other people is because I'll fight week after week after week. Out. I'll be off get drunk for three weeks and if you offer me a fight the next day i'll take it do you know why it's, <laughs> I love it. it's one of the only parts honestly where i feel like this is genuinely worth doing i was like this is real living yes. you know you know there's there's repercussions if you do things wrong and there's glory if you do things right and oh my there's nothing that makes you feel more alive than fighting but that is gonna such positively affect my fighting career because i'm gonna be compared before when i was trying to win so it worried us just trying to do things perfectly, not get hurt. Maybe I would have had three fights in a year. Now, I'll have three in a month if, if I can. You know, I'll do it all the time. And because I'm doing it because I'm having fun, I'm taking more opportunities. You know, I'm winning more fights. I'm getting more results. I'm winning competitions. And I'm getting opportunities to be in squads and different things. So I think, yeah, just enjoying what you're doing makes such a difference. It's a it is a blessing to find physical things you enjoy, though, because you meet some people and they just don't like doing any sport. I mean, it's hard to understand. It is hard to understand. I think maybe people just haven't tried enough. It's like, yeah, yeah you can play table tennis or yeah. pool. It's just, if, if you don't enjoy doing anything physical, you need to have a look. <laughs> you need to have a look at yourself. Yeah. Listen, mate. Uh, <laughs> sort yourself out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, another thing uh, which I think has come to light recently a lot has been the resurgence of YouTube boxing yeah yeah. there's been there's been like two different sides to it because it's so new and the whole point of if you have a little bit of clout on YouTube Instagram or whatever you have some sort of influence you've been given this platform to box in front of so many people sell out arenas make a lot of money and essentially make the people that follow you people that find you influential to look at you and actually box and exert yourself there's obviously been two different uh aspects of it so i just want to understand your your perspective on it bill coming from a a true you know hardcore martial arts background what do you think of youtube boxing yeah so i, I love i love anything that um that grows the sports 
you know, I think it is sad that if say you wanted to be a martial arts coach or a fighter or something, it's it's hard. Realistically, for most people, they can't do it. And if it, even when people do it, they need to have like side jobs and stuff. So anything that puts more money and allows people to, you know, have more jobs, maybe increases participation in the sport like boxing, I think it's great. You know, lots of people were hating on him at the start. And it does kind of at some stages make it make the sport look a bit Mickey Mouse, but it only makes his and the other YouTube fighters, uh, boxing fighters, fights look a bit Mickey Mouse and that they shouldn't be there and it's a bit of a laugh. Because at the end of the day, no one's watching pros fight and say, oh, this is stupid because Jake Paul hopped in there and knocked, knocked out a basketball player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like that. But And also, you know, the respect, it, this is the hardest sport to do in the world, fighting. So, you know, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. If you do this, I respect you. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. if I if I'm fighting someone, I respect him for fighting me. Yeah. You know, I think anyone, especially someone with so much influence and money, to decide, yeah, I'll stop making stupid videos and partying, and I'll just dedicate myself to being a boxer. I think that's you know that's very honourable. That's very you know. I think I think that's great. But you do get the other people who are like you know these guys are not are getting paid too much, whereas actual pro boxers are not getting paid very much. But it doesn't affect it. You know, them getting paid a bit isn't the reason that they're not getting paid. It's because the promotion is because of the fighting sports often financially struggle. You know, lots of these promotions die. In kickboxing, they say that all the kickboxing organizations, <laughs> basically, they just all die. And it just kickboxing goes from one millionaire billionaire to another who loves the sport and starts a business and it dies you know it's sad so the fact that you've got people like jake paul who are great marketers you know one of the most influential people in the world the fact that he sat in a boxing promotion things like that excite me a lot you know these are people with who understand how the modern world works and if they can transfer it into sports like boxing you've seen Dana white do it with the ufc you know we didn't have fighting sports that were like this in the past uh, maybe boxing in the past but no, I think it's mostly positive. I completely agree. I think I can understand maybe the perspective of other people saying, oh, no, it's not real boxing or whatever. But the people that are saying that, what are they doing? Yeah. What are they? Yeah. If you're They're boxing, not doing nothing. Listen, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they, might, they might go to the gym, pump a bit of bicep curls, but no, it's not real boxing. I don't see you dedicating <laughs> the next couple months to getting yeah. your head battered, getting headaches, getting injuries. And go and be in a modern-day gladiator. So that's what I say to the bad perspective. But on the good perspective, I think if you look at the demographic of people that are actually looking up to these influencers, they're mainly like young people, young kids. Yes, you've got older people as well. But if you they see their influencer, if they see their like people they look up to doing it and they understand that they are just average people they're not dedicating their life to surface a to get like a wbcc belt they see their influences just like they are just work hard and push to actually fight someone else it gives i think young people an opportunity to, to say and to think you know what i can do that you know what let me try it. oh ksi box shit let me go find a local boxing gym i can do that if ksi can do it i can do yeah, it. yeah. So it's, it's the fact of inspiration and inspiring the younger generation of like kids to actually go out and do something hard that's worthwhile and at the end of the day exert themselves physically and be and just grow as young kids and i think yeah. that's why i think it's really good for the sport boxing and for the younger generation just trying to actually get some guidance actually yeah. find something better than surrounding yourself in the metaverse being being a little nerd and dog staying in on the computer all day. No, go out there, <laughs> live your life, man. Go out there and do something. Get out your ba- your mum's basement, right, and go do something. There's a whole world out there, and you're stuck on your laptop. Come on, mate. Come on, bro. <laughs> Honestly, seriously. Bro. Yeah, definitely. You like if you look at someone like KSI or Jake Paul because they're not athletes from an athlete background. I think that is why. Yeah, it'd be an inspiration because you look at. Fasili Lomachenko or Javante Davis, and you don't really think me and him are the exact same. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are I could do that. <laughs> Just look at him and go, hmm, that's a different type of person. <laughs> but I think that's what it feels like for lots of people when they look at fighters, because exactly they're doing inhuman things for most people like before i thought i just think I'd, i don't know how people could do this and then you do it for a while and you realize ah your body's actually you know 
can can do a bit of this and that. But when you look at those high-level boxing athletes, it doesn't really inspire your average Joe to be like, if that tattooed man from head to toe who's in great shape, who, you know, is, you know, from the, the ghetto of Boston, you know, um, if he can do it, I can do it. But if you see, if you see KSI, a chubby, you know, private school YouTube kid who would scream and, like, hop around on the floor playing FIFA and stuff is what he's known for. But when you see someone like that go into it, you think, hey, hmm. And it's just lovely to have people who are big, um, like in the in the internet space, who are just into fighting in general. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. definitely putting a lot of light into combat arena. But I think we have to pay props like MMA and stuff as well because the marketing on yeah. that. I think right now is the time where the most people have been into combat sports ever. Yeah, ever. The, the amount of casual fans who don't train is is amazing. It's, it's yeah. amazing. I love it because it's such a. It's like I've come to learn that it's the best sport in the world, the art of fighting. I've come to learn it now. Your average person is looking into it and being like, you know what, that's what well, I'm interested yeah. in that. Two men, yeah. two modern-day gladiators fighting to the death. I'm like, oh, I can have a bit of that action. Yeah, it's a bit exciting. Yeah, I love it, man, honestly. It's, but it's fantastic. It's, it's great, like, because I get so surprised. I'd be talking to casual, like, people who don't train, don't do anything, and their MMA knowledge is really good. Bro, <laughs> the amount of people whose MMA knowledge is lots of people have better knowledge than mine. Maybe not actually fighting, but you know, at least on the fighters and who's won what and stuff. Is like yeah. there's a huge amount of casual fans, and I do think a lot of the casual fans do start training. I've met loads of people who watch the UFC and stuff like that, and have just been like, "Yeah, I would like to pick up." And then I know quite a few people who've been casual fans and then have started. So yeah, I think it's a beautiful thing. It is, it is mad. And I think right now, the UK is not getting enough credit because I think it's growing as a sport in the UK, especially with Leon Edwards being a champion. You get more people from the UK coming like Arnold Allen in the MMA space, obviously Paddy Pimlet, that joker. Yeah, he's putting more light onto the UK. And I think... Yeah, he's doing it right. If he was going to go out there and if he's going to have a few good fights and then lose in his career, he may as well make a load of money doing it because it's the same thing's going to happen, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because we all know he's not going to be the next Conor McGregor. We all know that. No. So he's doing, he's doing no. him. He's, yeah, exactly. He's doing him. But I think right now, I think we're in a very a good spot in the UK as a growth period because I think yeah. here in the UK, MMA is just going to go up and up. We're literally, our projection is just going to go higher and higher. And if we have a champion now, we have people compete at a high level like Tom Aspinall at heavyweight. We have, like like I keep saying, Leon Edwards, Arnold Allen. And that's yeah. right now. Give it five more years, there'll be more champions. And we're yeah. talking about champions. Range, Christian Leroy Duncan making his debut from coming out of Gloucester. <laughs> I think he is one to watch. Listen, guys, if you're listening yeah. to this, Christian Leroy Duncan, Cage Warriors. Yeah. He watch. is one to watch because he, he's one under the tutelage of Mark the Wizard Weir, UFC in back in the day, right? Watch Proper that guy and you see there's something about that warrior. You get what I'm saying? So people like him coming up, I just think there's only it's only up from here for the UK to be into the MMA space. But the thing is, we don't get enough marketing. You know, we don't get enough of that push like the you know the Americans mm. like because like. You know, Dana them has big, his favorites. Them big gyms and stuff, you know, big, big gym. commercial gyms. But Dana has his favourites as well. Dana will push people that think so his favourite, like, yeah. you know, like Chamaya, Colby Covington. He'll push it. But at the end of the day, results are results. And if we push more people to MMA in the UK, we're just going to have more chance to have champions. No, yeah. And I love that about the UK. I mean, we are, we are in a way, a fighting nation. I mean, look in the boxing culture in Britain. The boxing culture is really, really, really strong. It is... If you were looking globally, Britain would be one of your places for boxing. Yeah. If you're going to travel and go to all the big gyms and stuff, it's like we have a great path for boxing. And like, there's boxing clubs everywhere. I reckon there's about seven boxing clubs in Cardiff, and there's only th- 300,000 people. Mad. Mad. Um, and when you go into the boxing gym, it's just full of fighters. You know, Britain, especially after a few beers, everyone in Britain turns into a fighter. But yeah. there, there are a lot of tough people in the country. And... Um, I think other sports like MMA and things are allowing more people to train because I think in your boxing gyms, you do get a more hardcore, rough and tough type of people, to be fair. You know, it's hard grueling training and you normally get tough people, but it's almost like you hear the, like these um, Eddie Bravo jiu-jitsu nerds. It's like 
You get them MMA. If you walk in MMA gym, most people got a degree in it. Mm. It's like you'd be surprised. In Muay Thai, we have a real mix, but I say, yeah, MMA gyms and MMA fighters are normally, you know, they're, they're professional people. Mm. It's not full of thugs. It's if you were to look at an MMA class, if there was like a thuggy looking bloke or someone who was a bit of thug, they really would be deep in the minority. Mm. In the boxing gyms and stuff, you're probably not getting that many people with um, university um educate you obviously do get them everyone you know there's there's no there's no rules on who can fight or not but in those gyms you soon you tend to get a more tougher type of people but yeah. things like jiu-jitsu and the mma they're making fighting a bit better they're making it for the overall population that they can get involved even if you don't want to punch anyone in the face you can go do jiu-jitsu yes. you know yes absolutely absolutely it's definitely more has come to like a wider population and the people that yeah. are struggling. It's not just the people struggling doing all these combat stuff now. It's everyone. People from like doctors, people like carpenters, people like whatever, like your PTs, like people yeah. actually from all backgrounds are coming to understand that this is fun and they actually enjoy yeah. physically exerting themselves, not just in the gym, but with the common goal of learning a technical skill, the chess with your body, as we like to call it. It's not just pumping weight. No, it, we're playing mental chess with a one-on-one -on -one opponent, not a team, a one-on-one -on -one opponent, which I think is very, in a way, you know, primal. So yeah, be, yeah. So it's life, you know. It's life, man. Life is war. It is. You're fighting someone else, but it's you v you. You v you. Exactly. Exactly. You can learn through fighting how strong your mind really is. I don't think most people understand because only through pushing yourself into torture and hardship, and you know, doing things that you didn't think you could do, didn't like if you could thinking you can't stand any longer or do any more reps or that you're just being absolutely beasted or someone's kicking your head in. You can learn through fighting and other sports that your mind is actually so much stronger than you think it is. And your body is, you know? Exactly, exactly, man. It's, it's pretty much take a message. Everyone that's not into it, start watching it and actually just make the jump. Actually put yourself in a position to grow. Put yourself in a position where if you fear it, that's where you should be running as many philosophers have said. And, yeah, just give it a go. And if you don't like it, you don't like you. You know what? But really, at the end of the day, if you tried it, you're a better man than most people. Or women. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Go, give it a go. If you don't like it, then it's so simple. It's... But in my experience, uh, the people I've seen start martial arts, most of the time, once someone does one session, that's all it needs. It's normally just the confidence of walking in the door in the first place. Normally after someone does it once, for the majority of people, they're like, ooh, you know, it sparks a little interest in them. The majority of people who I've seen get into martial arts have slowly become addicted to it. Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a mad addiction. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking from experience, bro. It's first time doing like a class at Mark Wiz range. I'm just there like, oh, looking at Chris Duncan. <laughs> and obviously coming from a, a sick background, an elite background, I, I can do this. <laughs> I can pursue this, you know. And then it's like I'm shadow boxing anywhere I can. I wake up, shadow boxing, throw a couple kicks, you know, hop in the shower, do a couple teeps. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? It's just you just want to become better, you know. It's, it's ah, you know, it's crazy. It is beautiful. It is such a journey, martial artists, because there's, there's just no end, end point. It's like, even in your martial arts community, like Taekwondo, most of your Taekwondo masters, like fourth, fifth, fifth sixth bands, higher people in organizations, most of them hold like four different black belts and four different martial arts. Exactly. Like, the people who get into it, who get into fighting, like, even if you got your guys who love Muay Thai through and through, they'd probably be in MMA, they'd probably be in Jiu Jitsu, they'd probably done some wrestling. You know, it's really an over encompassing kind of sport slash art and expression of safety and once you get into it you realize like i started doing taekwondo and then i realized oh i need to be able to punch so i started doing muay thai and then i realized oh i need to stop a takedown so i got to do a bit of mma like it is an endless journey because you can never get to the top of any of these things but all of them you keep growing you know it just adds little little parts to you what, what Rugashi says or the, the, the author of the book of five rings man you have to to be proficient 
in one martial art is not enough. It's a limitation. To be proficient in all martial arts is the best opportunity to, to kill your opponent, right? And it just comes to that, right? Once you understand one discipline, to understand another one and another one to have in your arsenal, to be comfortable in any situation and remain the same, not too excited, not too down, but constantly the same. It, it, is, it is very... It is very it's it's that constant strive for perfection, knowing that we'll never get there. Yeah, it's that constant okay. trying to better ourselves with the underlying fact that, that you know what well, we can't be perfect, but the journey of trying to be trying to be perfect is never done. The job is never done, no. and that's the perfect no. thing. That's why the journey of martial arts is yeah. so. When you're when you read into your philosophy, read into about self improvement, martial arts, I think, is a pretty much at the same level with any self-improvement guru, any self-improvement person. They're, they're literally in line with each other. It's with the martial arts, it's in the martial arts world, but it's just so transferable to the self-improvement space and just to be the best human being and to pretty much reach your potential, knowing mm. that this it's always going to be running. There's always another mountain to climb. And that constant chase is what, that's the whole point of living. You can never complete everything. You can never know everything. And I think that's the beauty about martial arts, that's the beauty about life. Keep striving, keep going. The job is never done. And always sure. be the student. And another thing what Miguel exactly. said, you have to be a carpenter as well as you have to be a philosopher. You have to know, be physical with your tools, but always learn, always be learning on how to improve yourself as well as physically exert yourself, which is, yeah. you know, it's fucking true. That, that shit was written in like the 1600s and is sticking true martial arts. <laughs> yeah. 1600s crazy crazy yeah, yeah definitely definitely it's a beautiful thing man and it's fun yeah i see it. it is honestly the funnest games you can play honestly it's so exciting you can't switch off <laughs> no you can't because they're gonna you're gonna get hit in the head you can't just be like nope and walk away yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean you can <laughs> but you're pussy you know what i mean yeah. just, just hold uh, cover up <laughs> You know, it is literally the funniest things. And then even if, that's another beautiful thing about martial arts. If you're boxing, you know, you're boxing loads, you're just getting tired of throwing jab, straight hook, you know, hitting the bag, skipping, sparring, hitting pads, you're just like, oh, I'm going to be. With martial arts, oh, beautiful. I'll go do jiu-jitsu for a month. And if you keep that learner mindset, you're hopping over and you're just like, oh, look at all this new information to learn. Absorb, absorb, absorb. And then if you get a bit tired of it, there's loads of martial arts. So it's like on your journey to keep yourself safe. Let's say if that was as part of your martial arts journey to keep yourself safe. It's like you can use all the different martial arts to actually just make sure you're keeping your motivation levels high and actually having fun. There's so much to learn. It's such a beautiful, fun, you know, just amazing things. <laughs> and yeah, that that's, yeah. Over this, over our coming conversations, I think me and Ali will probably be secretly trying to convert everyone. No, we will. <laughs> we definitely will. Coming from someone that is not their background, fresh, fresh and new. So I have both perspectives of someone that played rugby, now into martial arts. It's, it's night and day to how it just improves your life, your mindset, yeah. and uh, essentially your ambitions. So... We will definitely get there. We'll get we'll get everyone that's listening into a martial art boxing. We'll get we'll get them there. Don't worry. We'll, we'll come to your houses and we'll make you. I'll be very strong. <laughs> we'll knock on your door and drag you to the fucking Muay Thai gym and spar with Rod Tank. We'll make you. We'll, we'll make you. Oh God! And you've have you got a bit of uh, news in your martial arts world? Oh uh, well, I do still Re releasing it yet or not? <laughs> I do so. Talking about the martial arts while being new to it, an opportunity came up, and <laughs> I will be fighting on July the twenty second in a K one kickboxing match at cool. Twickenham, the Stoop Harlequin Stadium. Tell me that's not full circle. No, tell me that's not. Tell me that's not full circle. Oh my! But yeah, this is in. I can't wait to see this. Mate. I need to find a way to get up there. Mate. I need to find. Mate. Come down. <laughs> but that will be like the beautiful thing. I've obviously done it myself, but seeing Alejandro go into it is like, I just know there's no way you can come out of that experience and not be a better person. Exactly. Exactly. Mate, it's, I wake up every day that bit more excited 
with a drive. <laughs> like, like, like someone's going to be punching you in the face in front of all your families and friends. Mate, <laughs> Mate this is war. I'm, I'm yeah. currently training. Trying to kill each other. Like, what especially K1 um, and Muay Thai is, it's using your body to use blunt force trauma to break the other person. That's the aim of the game. Muay Thai K1, you're using your legs, you're using your arms, you're using blunt force trauma to smack the other person with your limbs as hard as you can to the point where their body doesn't work or their mind goes up. It's a great motivator. It's beautiful. <laughs> you like kick up the ass, yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, right, I was on the phone to a client earlier, right, and I was talk- talking to him or whatever. I told him the news. I was just like, I can see the serenity in your demeanour. I'm just like, really? Damn. I'm, I'm just talking to the guy. I've been in camp for like a week, and I'm just there like, hmm. I know my body knows something's happening, you know, something, yeah. something major's happening. <laughs> them days before, them days before your mud, your body and your mind will play games. Mm. Like even for me, I find that um, sometimes I am, I've had this with different ones with different ones, but sometimes the day before my emotions literally go full circle as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be up, I'll be down, I'll be sad, I'll be happy, be, you know, super emotional, super like stoic and no emotions. And I do think it's what you just said, then. It's your body knows something's going to happen. Your, your body might be exerting all these emotions because it knows that when it goes in, you have no emotions. Yeah, You're just doing the job. You know, there is no emotions. It's, you're fighting for as long as that time lasts and you're problem solving to figure out how to hit and not get hit, basically. Exactly. You know? exactly. When Mugashi says you have to keep the same, no matter what happens to you, in life, in a fight, you have to stay the same. Give the poker face. Don't get so excited to gas out. Don't get so down yeah. that the guy just walks all over you. Stay yeah. the same. Keep a cool and collected head. Draw the long sword with as methodical purpose as you can. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Beautiful, brother. Yeah, big news. So, yeah. man, do you want to wrap it up? Wrap it up with uh, the, the uh, staple. Yeah. Stay cool outro, my man. It's been a pleasure. Alright. Um, yeah, so uh go go do something with your day then. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be our kind of leaving message is yeah, go do something with your day. Um yeah, we've got Billy Alejandro, the Welsh Bruce Lee, Alejandro Strength, and if you can tell, I'm the chimp, Ali's a bull. Bosh. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Take care, guys. <laughs>